When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Joy Taylor Show. Also Joy, how are we feeling? Okay, first and foremost, how are you feeling? Did you sleep last night? Oh, I slept great last night. Uh, Couple nights before, I not bet. so well. But not so well. I was a lot staring at the ceiling. How do I make it seem like I wasn't talking about? Nope, didn't matter. Any celebration shots? None. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna save that for the. I'm gonna save that for later on the, in the week. It was, a, it was a stress watch. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> and how are you supposed to talk to Joy Taylor today, Slit? Oh, so nice. One way. So nice. One way. Talk to her, nice. Okay, this is Speak. I'm Emmanuel Acho. That is Slick. Rick the yeah. Buker. You already know this is Dr. Joy Taylor. Eagles all-time Russian leader. LaShawn, Shady McCoy. Let's get right to it. It's going to be your favorite watch of the day. The next 90 minutes will be a blast. I guarantee it. Heat, they won game seven. The Celtics thought they were going to pull off a miraculous comeback. Jimmy Butler, Kayla Martin, they both said not so fast. 28 points, 26 points, respectively. The Heat back in the NBA Finals for the second time in four years. Give credit where it's due. Joy, what is your reaction? Oh, anything is possible! <laughs> Not really. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Just creeping up on it. It's mm. going to be the team that finally comes back from the 0-3 deficit. Not yet. Nope. Not yet. I do feel like, you know, it's obviously a celebratory day, and I'm very happy. Heat Nation is very happy, and I'm sure the Heat players are very happy, although they have more work to do. I do kind of hope that the takeaway from last night's game is that you know, it's just time to heal. It's time to heal as a sports world. Can we just come together and just finally admit that the Heat are a legitimate organization, oh, okay. that they are a good organization, that yeah. this isn't just some fluke, mm. it's not just some bubble thing, mm. it's not just some, some scrappy organization that just keeps kind of trying to figure it out. If you're going to put the respect on the names of teams like the Celtics and the Sixers mm. and the Bucks. Actually, I'll keep the box out because they won a championship. But <laughs> teams that are in the postseason go far in the postseason, go to finals. Let's just put the heat in that conversation. I know it's going to hurt. It always hurts to take the Band-Aid off. But just pull it off. <laughs> and let's just admit that the Heat are a good organization and a good team. They're back in the finals again. Second time in four years. Three out of the last Eastern Conference finals. They're there in a game seven or a game six. And two of the times they've moved on. It's not an accident. It's not a fluke. I know LeBron pissed y'all off over a decade ago. Get over it. And just accept that the Heat are a great organization. You got it. Just eat it. It's fine. Crow isn't that bad. That's where we are. I will say, one, I'm happy that Joy is happy, right? Mm -hmm. That's a, a, sure. a, a joy in my life, no pun intended. But I'll say this. I wanted the Celtics to win for a couple reasons. Number one, history. I like when history is made, especially athletic history. Number two, I said the Celtics were going to come back. I like being right. That's fun. But more than that, I'm happy that he won. 
Like, now that I get to sit on it for 12 hours, I'm happy the Heat won for this reason. Shady, I like in sports when the team who deserves to win wins. Yep. It's not always the case. And it often wasn't the case for me in pro sports because you got guys that are faster, guys that are stronger, guys that are bigger. So though I might work harder, though I might work smarter, that falls flat. The Heat were the smarter team. They were the harder working team. Yeah. They were the tougher team. But they found themselves in a game seven because the Celtics still got some dogs over there on that squad, notably Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And Marcus Smart when he gives you 20-plus. So I'm glad the Heat won because I was like, they played a better series. From game one to game seven, mm-hmm. who played a better series? Yeah. It was the Heat. They deserved to win. There was a chance they almost didn't. And that would have made for a great storyline, Boston Celtics coming back from down 3-0. But, Shady, when I really think about sports, they always say hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And the Heat were both talented and hardworking. So I was actually watching this game. I sat back and I said, you know what? I'm glad the Heat won. For the same reason I'm glad the Celtics won game six. Mm. I thought the Celtics deserved to win game six. I thought they played better in game six, but Jimmy Butler was about to free throw his way to a game win. But this series, I'm like, I'm glad the Heat won. Because the Heat were the better over the course of those seven games. They were better and deserved to win. That's a good point. I think and that's, in this series, they were the better. They played the best, right? And I'm happy for Jimmy Butler, though. Seriously, because I, I love the type of attitude he has, he brings yeah. to the mm-hmm. game, right? I, I, playing in the NFL for so long, like, I, I hated players that didn't have that type of attitude. Mm-hmm. Just showed up to work, get their check. Or I'm just so much talented, I'm so much better. We're going to win. I got right. this. Right. And, and for that storyline you talked about of... of you know, hard work always beats talent. Yeah. That's a perfect example. Because I think that the, the, the Celtics is a more talented team than the Heat. Mm-hmm. But to have a storyline about hard work beating talent, oh, it goes tremendously with the Heat. Right? Everybody talked about, even before the year even started, nobody had the Heat going to the finals. Maybe Joy. But I didn't hear anybody on TV. Mm-hmm. Even, even our producers have For the sure. Heat to even be in the top. Th- no, no, no. They even were in the playing. top three choices. Yeah. If I said before the season start, or before the playoffs started, who's going to be in the finals? Or even before the year started, right. nobody had the heat. And it shows you the hard work that all these undrafted players working hard, extremely hard, going to see superstars. Yeah. Even if you look at the, the money difference, what mm-hmm. the Heat guys are making compared to what the Celtics are going to make and what they are making, it's way different. So I love that whole fight, man. Like, Jimmy Butler really carried these guys. They played well together. Slick, would you go as far as to say, Shady, you just made a brilliant point following Joyce. Would you go as far as to say, like, the heat are the epitome of why you play sports? Because mm. truth be told, yes, yes. if you didn't play the games, I would have wrote the Bucks into the chip because they had the best record in ball, sure. plus they got yep, Giannis, yep, plus I'm biased. Yep. Or you write the Celtics into the chip because they got Tatum, plus they got Brown, plus they got Smart, plus they got Brogdon. Or you write the Sixers the into Sixers. the chip because they got And Martin, that's what everybody had, them three teams in the East going. But the Heat said, bump all that. Yep, mm-hmm. Y'all going to have to respect us. Eight seed, we had to play our way in. I think they had to play the Hawks and play the Bulls. Play our way in. But then we beat the Bucks. Oh, and you, Giannis. Yep. Then we beat the uh, uh, Knicks. Uh, Knicks. Mm-hmm. And then we backdoor and we beat the Celtics. Yeah. Like, that's why you play the game. Yeah, Slick, what's your reaction? Well, I think it's certainly why we love the game and why we love sports. The idea that a group can come together, and they may not be the most talented, but they can find something that they can accomplish together that they couldn't do independently. And we can go back and forth in terms of who has the most talent, and I'm sure we we will will at some point. And we will. That's that's an easy one. But as I look at it, and this is just my philosophy and what I love about sports and, and the teams that attract me and why it was so hard for me to step off the Miami Heat ship for Game 7 
Because I think that I wasn't wrong, I was just early with my confidence. (laughs) That's how I'd like to play it. Is is because I love everything about the Miami Heat. And as I see it, the Boston Celtics are like a 20-ounce glass. Mm -hmm. And the Miami Heat are a 16-ounce glass that is always at 15 or 16 ounces. Mm. And the Boston Celtics are a 20-ounce glass that is at like 14, 15, 16. They never reach their capacity. And I have far greater admiration, whether it's teams or athletes or anybody who maximizes their ability, whatever it might be. It feels like when you have great talent, as I still believe the Boston Celtics do, and you waste that or you don't make the most of it, it is... It's being irresponsible to a certain level. Then let's get Joy to the nitty-gritty of the game. We've talked about the reaction. We know how happy you are both in the pre-show meeting and on set. Wait till the social media videos are posted. Mm. Um, Why did the Celtics lose? Like, who do you blame for the Celtics' loss? Not counting how great the Miami Heat are. We have given them respect and will continue to. Looking at the Celtics, who do you blame for the loss? I mean, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. It's not one of those games where you would look directly at one person not having a big performance or two people. I think it was a collective loss. But I kind of have to put this at the feet of Missoula. Like, you've got to be able to make adjustments. The reason it was such a stress watch for me was because I just assumed as you started to see the patterns of the game that the Celtics would do something to lean into what was happening. He he rolls his ankle, Tatum does, at the very beginning of the first possession of the game. Yeah. Okay. It's the first possession of the game. Maybe check him out. Like, mm. Right. Not, not leaving him in. This is the beginning of the game. Let's see how bad it is. See if he might need to be going in the back for a second. Mm-hmm. Like if he if he needs if it's more serious than that. You keep him in. Okay, that's fine. Things start to unravel a little bit. Maybe you make an adjustment defensively. Maybe since you're not hitting your three point shots and no one's hitting your three point shots. Everyone stop taking three-point shots. Maybe one person keeps taking three-point shots, and the rest of you figure out another way to score. I mean, Shaq said it in the postgame. If we miss 10 three-pointers, I'm punching the next person in the face that shoots a three-pointer. Everyone can't keep shooting threes. Missoula was asked about it after the game. Are you too reliant on three? No. Wrong. You are. You have to be able to score if the three ball isn't falling. So I just felt like there were – there were adjustments, there was course correction that could have been made to keep them in the game before it got too far away. My favorite quote, Shady, in all of sports that I've ever heard regarding coaching and playing, maybe my favorite quote, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. Mm. You're either coaching it or you're letting it happen. So either Missoula was coaching yep. the Celtics to shoot 42 threes and only 42s on the night, or worse, he was allowing it to happen. To Joy's point, the Celtics started 0 for 12 from 3. 0 for 12. So he's either coaching this or he's letting it happen. I blame Missoula. Now, I'm not mad at him. reason I'm not mad at him, I'm thinking about it. If I got a, I got a three-year-old nephew, if they drop this cup on the ground and it shatters, yeah, I'm going to blame him. But I'm not mad at him because they're still young. Joe Missoula got the head coaching job one day before media day. He still took this team to the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7, and battled back from down 3-0 to get it to a Game 7, which I believe only three teams in the history of the sport have ever done. So I blame him, but I'm not mad at him. Shady, who do you blame? I blame, I blame him, Missoula. I'm mad at him. Ooh. You know what I mean? I'm mad. <laughs> I, I, and you're giving him so much 
I guess, respect praise, yep. and praise because what they're doing, mm-hmm. they've been doing that. Mm. The South has been doing that with two different coaches. Yeah. So it was no difference. You want a coach? Come on, come on here. Let's coach. <laughs> he didn't do nothing different. I blame him because simple things like I love the three ball. Mm-hmm. Like Steph Curry has made me a believer in the three ball. But if you want to shoot threes, run plays. Run plays to get open shots. They just dribble, dribble, shoot threes. Mm. There's not even like, like no offensive uh, 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 plays run, run. No, no, no picks to get you open. None of that. And then what killed me the most when they went, when the Heat went to the zone. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking okay. like, <laughs> no, there's no place for the zone. Yeah. Look, and as much as I as a, as a blame I give him, I gotta give it some of them, some of the players that we talk about. Jason Tatum, he might have been hurt, but you still can talk, you still can coach, you, can, you still can tell your teams what to do. Marcus Smart, he's supposed to be that Draymond Green to that team. A while ago, when they had an issue with um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. could they coexist? He spoke on it about it, right? And he was one that talked about should it be uh, um, who should shoot the ball, who shouldn't, even when Kyrie Irving was there. They had yep. that issue. And my thing is, he spoke about that. And I, I respect him because, okay, boom, at least somebody's talking about how should they go forward. But now when I watch this team, I didn't see no fight. I didn't see no discipline. Bro, they finished that game 9 of 42 from 3. Okay, that's the end of the game. At halftime, it was four for 21. So my thing is like, bro, we're still in the game at halftime, right? We're down a couple points, what, 11, 12, something mm-hmm. like that. We still shooting threes. I didn't like that. And, and I got to put blame on some of the vets, Marcus Smart, yeah. right, and some of the star players, Jalen Brown and, and, um, and um, yeah, and Tatum, and also the coach. Come on, man, y'all do better than that. Slick, take us home. If there's one player uh, or one person that's going blame, to blame for this game in particular, I, I, the line starts with Jalen Brown because he said – when Jason Tatum got hurt, I felt I needed to step up. Eight turnovers, one for nine from yes, three, eight for 23 overall, a minus 17 and plus minus. Like, no, you weren't. No, who said you need to step up and try to do more? Because that's not what the strength of this team was. But ultimately, it's the composition overall. We, I think we said it on our text string during the game. Like, where's the leadership on this team? Where's the floor leader? Well, who... Put this whole team together. Brad Stevens did. That's where I start. You hire Joe Missoula. You don't have another veteran coach on the bench, even though Joe Missoula has never done this before at the NBA level. And it's not as if we didn't see this issue in the finals last year, Mm -hmm. right? So this is not a new development. Mm. It's something we saw in the finals last year. It's something that we saw during the course of the year at various times. We saw it in these playoffs leading up to this series. So ultimately, they've been what they've consistently been. And there's one guy who's the architect for all that. And it's Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. Well, we will get back to this game with one of the most intriguing topics. Did the best team win? But first, a very interesting quote coming out of Dallas. Head coach Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, we have to answer the question of who's under more pressure and wait till you hear what's budding in Dallas. Very fascinating. Remember, you can check us out every day on the Fox Sports Channel on Sirius XM. 
Let's get back to sports. The Cowboys, they have been resting this offseason, looking to make a lot of noise. Not resting really at all. They've been resetting this offseason. They added Brandon Cooks to an offense that will be run by head coach Mike McCarthy. Now Dak is entering his fourth season with head coach Mike McCarthy, and he said, quote, the whole passing game is gonna be cleaner. Shady, here's the question I got for you, and this is really a question that impacts all of the sports world. Mike McCarthy, Super Bowl winning head coach. Hard to do. There aren't a lot of them. But Dak Prescott, $160 million quarterback, one of the faces of the National Football League, top three quarterback in the NFC. Who's under more pressure this year, McCarthy or Dak? It's got to be McCarthy. I mean, Dak cannot do no wrong. (laughs) No matter what game he blows and they lose, it don't matter. (laughs) That's the truth of it. I mean, he's playing in his third year of his fourth, his his third year in his his fourth year of his contract, $160 million deal, right? Um, you know, they add players like Brandon Cooks to help the offense out. You got C.D. Lamb on the other side, all pro wide receiver, right? You got Tony Pollard in the backfield, who's a hell of a running back, pro bowl last year. Yeah. Um, and then on defense, they bring in uh, Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I talked to him uh, last week, or yeah, last weekend. Um, he's all excited about the Dallas. But anyway, so you bring all these pieces. You bring Stephon Diggs to a really, really good defense, top five Gilmore, defense. Yep. Stephon Gilmore, yeah. So a top five defense. Mm. So I'm thinking like, man, if they don't win, who, who's going to get blamed? It can't be Dak. Because mm-hmm. we've seen time after time where Dak had let them down when they lost, and they find a way to escape out of it and blame somebody else. So it's back to my default. Yeah. So you should ask a question like, my default, I got to give it to Mike McCarthy. <laughs> I agree with you, but for different reasons. I think Mike McCarthy is under more pressure because who is Mike McCarthy is under way more fluctuation and way more flux than who's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is an above-average quarterback, not elite, not bad. He's above average. But who's Mike McCarthy? We keep heralding him as a Super Bowl winner, which he is. Mm-hmm. But I always think, like, who are you without your best? Like, what's so fascinating about the Heat, and we'll talk about them a lot, Eric Spolstra, even without LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, has gone to the finals twice in the last four years. So it's not like he was exclusively dependent mm-hmm. upon LeBron James to get to the finals. But McCarthy without Aaron Rodgers, he ain't been all that. He wasn't all that. When Rodgers got hurt in 2013, Shady and I played against them, Scott Tolzien and Seneca Wallace. Seneca Wallace, yeah. I think the Packers won six or seven games. Fast forward to 2017, I believe it was. Brett Hundley takes over, starts nine games that season. Packers, once again, they win less than eight, less than nine games. Mm-hmm. So without Aaron Rodgers, I don't know who Mike McCarthy is. It's time for him to prove it to me. That's why, Joy, he's under more pressure because I think his reputation – can move drastically more than Dak Prescott's. It's just, it's Jerry, though. Plus, we did see a little time without Dak Prescott this year. We did. Rush hour. It looked pretty good to me. They weren't too shabby. (laughs) It's just, it's hard to imagine Jerry making a big move. I'm, by default, also going to go with McCarthy because it's just, you know, it's easier to move off of coaches than it is off players. Now, that being said, if they don't extend Dak Prescott, his guaranteed money runs up after the season. Yeah. So if they decide to wait on that, they could technically move off of both of them at the end of the season. Now, to who and to what, I don't anticipate that happening. I think they'll extend him to spread the money out. But Jerry's a very loyal guy when it comes to coaches, even if he's not quite sure about McCarthy, which he's made quite public. Mm. It's just hard. He, I mean, he's stuck with Garrett forever. Yep. Oh, what, 10 years or so? It was the head coach's... 10 years. He was with the organization for like 20. So Jerry's just not a guy that does that. Even with players, he's he's very loyal. So I I don't think either of them are actually like in the hot seat or have that much pressure. 
But if I have to pick one, I, I'll go with McCarthy. And they moved off of Kellen Moore, and he's calling plays now. The last time he, he called plays, excuse me, they were 8, 11, and 1 his last 20 games, and that was with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit more of space to pin blame on Mike McCarthy now that he has taken over that role. But it's still Jerry. So there's who will have more pressure, and then there's who should mm-hmm. have more pressure. Okay, okay. And to me, the more interesting one is who should. And it's Dak Prescott. To your point, I, I hear you that. about what Mike did and didn't do. And the, the general feeling is the Green Bay Packers and Mike didn't do enough with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yep. But I'm looking at what he did with Cooper Rush, small sample size, five and one with the Dallas Cowboys over the last two years. A very strong case could be made that the combination of the contract and Dak's inability to close the deal in certain situations is what has hamstrung the Dallas Cowboys from going to the next step. Mm-hmm. And so You're on the You're quarterback on is just, I, I think, and I, we can look at what Sean Payton is and was with the New Orleans Saints, his ability to get the most out of every quarterback that comes along. But you can only go so far if your quarterback isn't all that. Mm-hmm. And where we put the bar for the Dallas Cowboys I think a real strong case can be made if we take out the fact that Jerry Jones is the owner, that the real hamstring here is not Mike McCarthy, because as he's demonstrated, I can get there. I mean, he's got there. Has Dak Prescott got there? Here's a question, and we don't have a ton of time for it, but Shady, I'll, I'll ask you first. I've had this conversation with the coach in the last 48 hours, head coach of the NFL. He mentioned this. When you think about value, you got to think about who's harder to replace. I would suggest Dak Prescott is harder to replace. I would think he's probably the third best quarterback in the NFC. You could argue anywhere from second to fourth. After Jalen Hurts and it's, do you like Matthew Stafford? Do you like Kirk Cousins? Do you like Dak? Do you like Carr? Whatever. I think that Dak is harder to replace than McCarthy is. So if one has to go, if one's under more pressure, that's why I go McCarthy. Because for all the shortcomings Dak has, it's harder to find a second best quarterback in the division than it is to find another Mike McCarthy, but you break it down. You won two I, Super Bowls. I, I, and I'm, I disagree. And I'm going to say this. Lately, man, for whatever it is, we've been finding quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You talk about that, Prescott. I mean, they replaced Tony Romo. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that was hard to do. The Eagles, at one point in time, Carson Wentz was the real deal. Yes, sir. I remember watching him like, dang, I wish I played with him. He was the real deal. Mm-hmm. They replaced him like this that, yes, and sir. got better. True. Even the Giants. I hate to even say this, right? Depending on who the coach is, you know, I mean, McCarthy's been around some good players. But Daniel Jones, like, Eli left, oh, will we ever find another? This that quick. It took some time, mm-hmm. the right situation. But now we actually talk about Danny Dons as, as if he's a solid, competitive quarterback. Yeah. Mm. So as much as you want to think about that, let's just think for sure. Like, I don't know. I think we could place Dak. And then for the real quick last part, when you look at the team, he's surrounded by some dudes, bro. Yes, absolutely. On offense. And, and on defense. Yes, sir. So, I mean, as much as you want to say replace, listen, I can go out and do that. Let me take off this drink. I go out there and do that right now. <laughs> Keep the suit on, Shane. You know I mean? Keep Give me number on. four and watch me throw a deep. Keep the suit on. I, desperately, I see these. I see you, CD. I desperately need you for the upcoming Great conversation. Great sack, Michael Parsons. I see you. The, I can do that. The next combo is the best combo of the day. I can promise you that. The Heat. They avoided being on the wrong side of history. But here's the question. Oh. Did the better team oh, let me, let me win yesterday? Here we go. Enjoy, ready. I know she's ready. Let me get ready. Let me get ready. Waiting for. Let me go and stretch. Y'all don't go anywhere. <laughs> That's next. Let's go and stretch for this joint right here. 
Pachos. Baseball is back, and so is Flippin' Bats. Five times a week, Monday through Friday. So follow us on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Literally the topic we've been waiting for. Remember, the Heat beat the Celtics last night. They earned a trip to the NBA Finals, second time in four years. Miami, though, an eight seed. Boston, a two seed, which sparked the great debate heard around the world on who's the better team. Well, get this. Charles Barkley actually had thoughts on the exact same thing after the game. Y'all take a listen. Oh, geez. Always no, said no, no, no. the better team always wins in a best of seven. <laughs> the Miami is not better than Celtics. Well, I'm just well, telling you. Well, hey, no, no, no. Hey, listen. I'll stick by what I said. No. The better team did not win this series. No, they're, they're most not more talented. They, 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 they got better. more talent. You're right. You're right. That's the more talented team did not win this yes, series. But the better team did. Uh, if you want to say that. But yeah. the team that had more talent didn't win the series. Okay, for context, did the better team win? Team, we're talking about players, and we might also be talking about the coach as well. When a team, when you call a team meeting in pro sports, who shows up? The players show up, the coach shows up. That's who shows up to a team meeting. That is, by my definition, by Shady's definition, the team. Shady, did the better team win? Hold up, let's direct it to, I got to give it to the queen. Her team won. I'm being respectful. Yes, sir. I'll let Joy go Respect. first. To the queen. To the queen. Uh, to the queen. Put that, can, I, can I put it on your head? Let me put that thing on your head for you. Bang. <laughs> your thing. Do your thing, girl. I, obviously, I think that the better team won. But I thought that the Heat were the better team before the, the series started. Yep. Now, I actually think that the Heat are the more talented team. Mm. Because I think you have to update information as you get new information. Mm-hmm. I like to learn new things. I like to read. I like to educate myself. When I get new information, I'm okay in being like, hey, you know what? I was wrong. Celtics aren't as talented as we thought mm-hmm. they were. Because by this logic, as Ernie said, the better team would win a seven-game series. That's why we have it structured that way. Mm-hmm. If they are so much more talented, and if it is a given walkaway that the Celtics roster is so much more talented than the Heat, then the Celtics would have overcome anything that the Heat were at their highest level to win the series. But we have t- we've had this conversation a couple times on the show already. And, I, you know, I sat back and thought about it. I like to think about things. And you guys are actually right. This isn't a foreign concept. This already exists in sports. Millions of people agree with you. And they do it every single year. Premier League soccer has this rules. Everyone plays each other during the regular season. At the end of the season, the best team in the league is the champion. Mm. There's no postseason. We only need to play these seven-game series. We only need to determine through playoffs who the winner is. You have the most points. You won the most games. You are the winner of the league. You are the champion. So in this case, congratulations, Milwaukee Bucks. You are the champions of the NBA this season. These rules already exist in sports. Millions of people agree. Millions of people watch that. More people watch that than watch the NBA Mm -hmm. internationally. So it's not that foreign of a concept. Actually, it's quite real. But the difference is we have decided that the NBA is not played that way. The champion is determined through a postseason And then we decided seven games will determine the best team in each series, and that team will move on. We know there's nuance and things that go on throughout series. People get injured. Happens in every single series. Mm -hmm. Someone will get out coached. An adjustment will not be made. But at the end of the day, these are the rules of this game. If we want to change it so that the best regular season team is the champion, then I will submit that the best regular season team is the champion. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that. I think if you play a seven-game series and the team wins a seven-game series, you have that many opportunities to beat another team. Mm. You are the better team. Mm. You are the better coached team. You are the more talented team. 
You are the more prepared team. It doesn't matter how many good players you have. If those good players cannot execute and tap into the talents that they have, they're not that good. Yeah. Incredibly well said without interruption. 2-5, where are you? Hey, real quick. Um, we, all, we all watch the series. Who's playing the best out of this whole series? What'd you say? The Heat are playing the best out of the series. Right. And we asked about the players, right? Who's Out of the Heat players, who's playing the best? Pretty much all of them. That's why they won the series. No, 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 no. You gonna say Caleb? Caleb Martin was incredible. Jimmy no, 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 no. Caleb Martin, Caleb Martin is probably playing the best out of heat. Gabe Vincent was incredible. Him, him, him or him or Jimmy? Of course, right? Five first place votes. Four. First it was out of nine votes. votes. Yeah, Jimmy had five. He had four. And I'm surprised how well he's been playing. So my thing is like, when we break this down, you talking about talented and a better team. My argument was always who's playing better will win, not who has a better team. But when I look at the Heat. And I go through the roster, look at the players. We know why I've, I've never heard nobody on this show, on any show, talk about Cade Martin as being a really good player. Not nobody. Mm. Right? But the difference is he's playing better in this series than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So that, that goes with the argument of saying, I can't say that the Heat are better are a better team. I think they're playing better together. And when you look at the roster and the players that are making these plays, like Gabe. Gabe is playing so well right now. Like, they're just playing better overall. For example, like, Tatum and Brown are not playing that well. Yeah. Do you know these duels are, like, the top duo? They were averaging, like, almost 60 points together. The same reason why before the playoffs even started, when you took the, 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 the survey of who's going to win the championship out of the East, mm-hmm. everybody had the Celtics, they had the Bucks, and they had the Sixers. Nobody said nothing about the Heat. And why is that? Because people felt like the better teams were on three teams. Now, I was going for the Heat. I love what Jimmy Buckets brings. I love what Jimmy Butler does. So I was going for him. But when we had the argument of who was a better team, it's like, let's be serious here. Come on. Come on. Let me ask you this question then. Joyce brought this up in the pre-show meeting. I think this is a question. Slick, interested in your thoughts, but I got to go to Shady for one more question. At what point have you seen enough to say, you know what, maybe this player's better than that player? For example... Going into the series, I would have said Marcus Smart's more valuable, more important than Bam. But after watching this seven-game series, along with the entirety of the playoffs, where Bam had a 20-18 and like Mm -hmm. nine game, along with several other crucial games and didn't really have that many bonehead errors. He had some down games. I'm like, you know what? Bam, to me, is better than Marcus Smart. I've seen enough. Derek White. I'm like, yeah, he's a good player. But I'm like, yeah, Caleb Martin's a good player, or Gabe Vincent's a good player. I didn't talk about Derek White before this series. I didn't talk about Caleb Martin or Gabe Vincent before this series. At what point do you see this and you're like, you know what? I'm going to have to move some of these Heat players up in my mind. You know what? I, damn, you didn't talk about Derek White? Not, he was, not, he was not last all, year in the playoffs. He was on all defense. I don't know. I don't know. He's on all defense, right? So if I said to you, because I get what you're going with this, but mm-hmm. if I said, okay, they got a first-team All-NBA, they got a second-team All-NBA, they have a defense player of the year, they have a six-man of the year, and they have another um, All-Defense player on the team compared to another group of guys that have one All-Star, maybe two All-Stars. Do you get what I'm saying? Yep. So, like, you're saying upgrading, but it's like when we just name what they have and what the other team doesn't have. We can't overlook that. Fair. The best part I'm trying to say is, I'm, I'm not overlooking it, but I, when I watch their game and I see how the Heat are playing, they are playing better. It's a, it's a, a saying that goes in every locker room. You don't have to be the best team. You just got to be the best, best team, team that, that day, day or that's serious. Best team that day. Come on. So, listen, I respect what he's doing. I'm going for the Heat. Uh, you know, 
Like I said before, with Jimmy, I'm mad. I'm still pissed that we gave him up with the Sixers. But we can't tell me that, 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 that mm-hmm. the Heat are a better team than the, than the Celtics. I have no problem saying that the Miami Heat are the better team and the better organization. I feel in some ways this is almost a culture war in that the Boston Celtics are not built the way that the Miami Heat are. And the reason that the Miami Heat have had the, the sustained success that they've had is because of the way the organization is run from top to bottom. But I've seen teams that are extremely talented that do not live up to that talent until they get the right coach in place. And I am not going to underemphasize what Eric Spolstra meant, means to the Miami Heat and what he meant in this series. You guys remember when Kobe and Shaq first got together Mm -hmm. and they were coached by what, Del Harris? They weren't playing for championships. And then Phil Jackson got there and suddenly they were. Uh, As good as I think Mark Jackson was as a head coach, he did have Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. They weren't playing for championships until Steve Kerr stepped in. So I believe that you can be the more talented team and not have as much success because you don't have the coach who puts everybody in their sweet spots. And that is what Eric Spolster did. And I'm just going to very quickly, uh, let me let me run these down. Um, These are the salaries of the players for the Boston Celtics. Malcolm Brogdon makes twenty two and a half million. Smart made 18 million. Derek White makes 17 million. Rob Williams makes 11 million. Horford makes 10 million. Gabe Vincent, 1.8 million. Hmm. Max Struess, 1.8 million. Caleb Martin, 6.5 million. I went to the to to the, the the supporting cast right away because to me that's the difference. Now you may say Boston Celtics, man, you guys are just spending crazy money. What are you doing? But you can't tell me that those guys aren't getting paid that much of a different salary because they're not more talented. I'm about to go there. That was, that was a great point. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Thank you. But, I mean, it, <laughs> yes, but like, more talented at what? Winning regular season games? Yes, they are, in fact, more talented at winning regular season games, which if we had the Premier League rules, then they would be closer to being the champions. Right. But we don't. We play a postseason. So either the postseason does not have value in, to, in determining who should be playing for a championship or the postseason is what determines who plays for a championship. Two things cannot be true. Boston can't be the better team when they win and the better team when they lose. There's a, that's why better, they competition. More talented. more talented is relative, though. How much more talented are they than the Heat is my argument. And that's why I bring up the history of these two teams. Hmm. If this was the first time the Heat and another team had met in the Eastern Conference Finals in Jimmy's time there, then I could get there with you. Hmm. That it's not. This team meets all the time in this exact space, and they always go long. So either the idea that they're being paid right. and that we watch them during the regular season equates to this team is so much more talented is wrong. So you would say, you, you rather would say, if you didn't, weren't a Heat fan, right? you telling me you, you would go pick this Heat team I over the Celtics? it's irrational at this point to say that there's a gap between the Celtics and the Heat. There is no gap. The, the, they have played each other. They're, they're cores. Who makes them more talented? It's, it's, it's the top. Right. You're not going all the way down see, the Celtics bench. You know what? We're not talking about the guys who don't get in. I'm talking about the top players. The top guys, right. The reason I continually bring up the history is those are the core. History. You talk about the core. This team has faced each other in the postseason and gone long year after year after year. This is not a new thing. It's not a new and, matchup. And, his, and history, we, we, I watched the Heat, right? I see Duncan Robinson 
phenomenal playoff run. Like, wow, right? 2020. Yep. They pay this dude. Yep. And million, then you, they paid him because he played so well in the playoffs. Can you talk about history? In 2020. In 2020. In the, in the and then when the real him showed up, yep. they put him on the bench because he wasn't like that. I'm going to give you an example. So now we see how Gabe is balling out, right? We see how uh, Caleb's balling out. They might get some money, right? It was at 1.7? They get paid, and then they go swearing, and then we see who they really is. That's a, a prime example. Hold up. That's a prime example of them guys are playing well for that moment. Compared to being a really, really good player. I don't, I don't what understand I'm how if the Celtics continue to do the same thing that the Heat are doing, how are because we making the argument it. that they are more talented? Because they're doing it a different way. Elaborate. Boston, so it's prettier? The brand is bigger? No, they get paid no. more? If you look the results at, are the same. If I'm going to look at the success the Miami Heat have had, like in 2020, it was what? Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow. That's right. Were huge in the bubble. Correct. They were... I mean, Duncan Robinson played better this year, but Tyler Hero hasn't been a factor, wasn't a factor in this series. He wasn't a factor in this series. What I'm saying is... We're not just talking about this series. We're talking about the season. No, 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 but we're basing... We're questioning whether the the Miami... Whether the Boston Celtics are more talented than the Miami Heat because of what happened in this series, right? Do we not ever update information? I'm I'm getting... But this is what I'm saying is... The Miami Heat, because of the way they're run and because of, of Her- Eric Spolster's ability to coach, you can give him multiple role players and he will make it work. I'm not going to argue. The Boston Celtics have had their success because of the talent of the roster. I'm not and coach that the coaching, yeah. they've changed coaches had, and gone to the same place. Right. Here's the thing, though. Right. We keep functioning in this space of non-reality. What success have the Celtics had that is different than this far less none. talented none. team None, none. That but how they got they there did, is different. They did okay, the same so then, thing so with then, three different so coaches. Then, so then what you're telling me is I should care more about coaching and team construction than paying players or stars, which we know is traditionally not true in the NBA. What's, well, I'll tell you, I'll speak on behalf of Heat fans and, and the Heat, not the Heat organization, but I'll speak on behalf of Heat fans about why this, this conversation is frustrating. Even mm. last night, the game was pitched as culture over talent. I don't know what, the, what it was, but it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's culture. And believe me, it's nice to have a good culture. We talk about it all the time. It is culture. But my God, how much more talent do you need? Or otherwise, everyone should just study the heat. Nobody should do anything different than the heat organization does because they're able to take these people that no one have ever heard of and turn them into stars in the Eastern Conference Finals year after year after year after year. So either everyone else is doing it wrong or the heat maybe have a little more talent than everyone's giving them credit for. But I think here's what we've all established. Pat Riley would run laps around Brad Stevens as an executive. Well, yeah, First, I mean, correct. Sure. And, and Spolstra would run laps around yeah. Missoula as a coach. I agree. Sure. But these teams both ended up in Game 7 yeah. going into the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we know that the Heat have a significantly better head coach, mm-hmm. and we know the Heat have a significantly better executive, yeah. then the only way that the Celtics are able to keep up with the team that has a significantly better coach and a significantly better executive is if they do have significantly That's better talent. all I'm saying. Like that, like, because if you agree, and we all agree, Bolster's way better than Missoula. It is. And Riley's way better than Stevens. So the only way to somehow level out this playing field is if the Celtics are Man, better than Man, then the Celtics are the biggest disappointments in the history well, of the NBA. I, because I, I don't wow, have a problem going the there. Talents that they have <laughs> yeah. squandered. Yeah, to, and they keep to, going to back. Overcoming Brad Stevens and the Celtics organization and overcoming Ime Udoka, who well, got but, them in the same position that the Heat were in two years before that. 
but the, losing but, in six so, in the finals. But that's not crazy to say. I mean, you have a first-team All-NBA player. I'm not player. hearing that today. You have it a should be team. a dumpster fire. It should be a, a, a barn burning in, in Celtics land today. They should be gutting that place down to the bolts, is what you're, you're saying. You're getting there. And it's not true. But if, if we're saying, so can I, let me ask you a question. So, like, where is the talent for you to, like, for you to look at the heat and look at the... the I'm the, saying the, I have to update. When I get new information, I, know, so, I have to update my opinion. But I'm, I'm going to ask you, like, so, like, what makes the, the heat more talented than the Celtics? I just want to hear how you see this. Because I just watched them beat them in a seven-game series, toe-to-toe. And I've seen the core of this team, meaning Jimmy Butler uh-huh. and Bam right. and Tyler Hero and several other players, meet this team in the postseason. And two of the three times that they have played, the Heat have moved on. At one point or another, either the Heat are not that talented, it's all culture, right, right, right. or the Celtics are just not as talented but, as everyone keeps saying But I'm saying are. from what you watched, from what was this series we watched, that talent is apart. Because like, Tyler didn't play, so I'm going to ask you, like, who else? Who else are you talking about when you say there's talent? All of them. Top to bottom, the Heat are more talented. Either that or it is a, a colossal. I mean, that's, that's, it's the biggest disappointment in the history of sports. Two things can't be true. You got to give me something, also, though. You, you can't know, say all of them. You and we say, say this all, all of the them. time. The Heat can be well coached. They can be the best coached. Correct. But the, but the coach doesn't cross the line. So how much does the actual person touching the basketball, throwing it into the hoop, have to matter for your talent? All I'm arguing is, uh, maybe here, maybe here at least, the I, talent yeah, you, gap between the Celtics and the Heat is not as big as it is constantly being pitched. I'm just asking you. I would agree with that. I, okay, but, but we, didn't, we didn't say and say if it's way bigger or small. We didn't say that. We just said that they were a more talented group, which I thought that was obvious, but it's not. So I'm asking you, right? Like what player? Yeah, you what? telling me everybody. That's not even, I don't know. I'm saying who you think is, is, so, is more talented than, than the, the, the Celtics roster? Because... I, I think different. Jimmy is the best player in this postseason, not Mame Jokic. Okay. Jokic. Okay. So, right. so based off of what I just watched, cool. so Jimmy's moving better forward than Tatum. in his so, career, okay, maybe Tatum will have a better career. Right, right now, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is better than right. Jason Tatum. Yeah, okay. Right? Bam played better than, than both of them throughout the series, even with Bam's disappointing moments. Caleb Martin, better than the role players. Better. So, see, that's where I'm trying to get at. Gabe you Vincent. See. Missing Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent was out, and everyone was like, oh, my God, the series is over. It wasn't a big deal. When he came back, that was huge. Time out, so so, so you saying so Caleb, you saying it's better than who? That's my that's what I'm getting at. I'm saying if we throw his bottom, name out there, because we, we never bottom, did that. Top to bottom, it is outrageous at this point to say that the Celtics are so much See, we, more talented than the Heat. I got a question for Shady. We, we, I got a question we, for Shady. We, no, hold on, but we, we, we just throw stuff around them. You say if you gonna tell me Bam and you gonna tell me Jimmy is is the top two, and I'm saying cool, I, I can rock with that. If it's however you want to put it. But my, my, the, the, what makes a team really, really good is the other pieces. Correct. Right? So hold up. So when I ask you, like, all right, you give me them two. Like, who else? You never tell me Cade Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin is, is, is this. But here's, he's playing well right now. He's not. Come on. But here's the question. At what point does pl- playing good change to you are good? That's, my, that's the question I have for you because Caleb Martin was playing good this series, right? Playing okay. well, but I have to use good in order to make playing, it work. Playing well. Play, Caleb, good, Martin, yeah. Caleb Martin was playing good this series. Yes, he was. At what point does Shady say, you know what? He is good. Not, not just that he's playing good, but he actually is good. Because I think that's where the, the tension lies. Okay, yeah, because when, they, when we talk about talent, right? Caleb's talent, and then you compare it to who? That's what I'm saying. Because, like, because, because when, we, when we go over to the Celtics, they have a defense player of the year. Correct. They have one of those. They have a six-man up there. They have one of those. So when we say this, right? They have another guy that had defense correct on defense all team correct all defense team. So when you say these things about these players, like like we're at because we watched Duncan Robinson do the same thing. That is true. And then he, he so that's why I'm asking you because I would say on, I, I, like, I would, I'll say it concisely. Caleb Martin was better than every Celtic not named Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. 
Period. And, and, and he also was better than, and some people would say he almost was better than Jimmy Butler this year. Correct. Series, okay? So when you say all that, now we're going to ask each other right now. Now, is he better than Jimmy? No. Is he better than Tatum? No. Is he better than Brown? No. You see, you see him get yes. with this? No, nah, I see where he's going. I'm talking about just this series. They got to the East Conference some popcorn? Finals. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Knicks. At one and point been, or been, another. And, and, Joey, I'm, and I said that. I said, yo. They've been playing the best out of everybody in the playoffs other than the, the, the Nuggets. But you don't have to be the, the best team doesn't always win. Agreed. Whoever's playing the best. I don't know why we play the postseason then. I just <laughs> don't know why we play it. Right. Just but, give it to the best team of the regular season. Here's my thought, though, 2-5, is Tatum has equity. Brown has equity. They've been all-stars multiple times. Butler has equity. Bam has equity. I'm not going to move Caleb Martin. And his sure. tw- well, proven well, years of experience correct. and results, of course, correct. So is better than Caleb. That's Martin. what I'm getting. Of course, Jalen Brown's that's better what, than Caleb. That's Martin. what I'm getting. But, but if we agree that the top of the of those two so teams we're making the same are point. equal, we're making the same then point. the rest of it's you, you can't keep saying that that talented. So that's what I'm trying. That's the point I'm trying to make to Shady is all the guys with equity. I'm saying are still better. But if you don't have equity, if you're if you're Derek White, if you are uh, Grant Williams, if you're Robert Williams, if you, if you don't have equity, then I'm going to say, you know what? Yeah. I will move Caleb over the guys who don't have equity. <laughs> it's funny because we, we talk about this right now. But before the playoffs started, nobody was screaming. Agreed. They, nobody agree. was screaming. But that was heat. then. This is now. Nobody was screaming. Heat. That was then. And, this and, is and, now. And, and thing, if, if these dudes, is he? I'm, I'm not sure if he's a free agent or not, or not next year. Which one, Martin? Congrats, Bucks. No, I think he's signed Congrats, through next Bucks, year. Congrats, Bucks, NBA champions. But if you put Caleb and you put Jason Tatum or any like, of those other guys this, this out the, on the free market right what now. What are we even talking about? <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> even close. I don't know like, why we what? play. Lowly Heat. Scraping oh, here again by a I miracle. I cannot. Well, I've been looking forward to that conversation all day. But that the conversation before. we have coming up might be the most intriguing. We're officially 100 days away from the beginning of the NFL season. So of all the things we are unsure of, we have to tell you what we are most sure of this season. Is it that Lamar will get to a Super Bowl? Mm. How about the Dolphins winning a couple playoff games? Maybe Patrick Mahomes will miss the playoffs for the first time. Mm. That's next on Speed. If you are a football fan, this is the most exciting news you'll hear all day. We're 100 days away from the start of the NFL season. I could not help but smile when I read that earlier today. So now comes a more interesting dialogue. Shady, given that we are 100 days away from the start of the NFL season, what are you most sure will happen this season. I don't know about sure, but I know about a guarantee. I'm guaranteed the Philadelphia Eagles will be in the the, uh, NFC Championship game. We'll be back there again. Is that, I mean, with that, that, I would hope you're sure of that. I mean, that's, that's, not, not, that's, not, that's not easy to do, to, to win that game, to get to that game. You said game. <laughs> Yo, look, 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 listen. Now, listen, on this show, we, we throw, y'all throw championships around like it's easy to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, God is good. He blessed me with two back-to-back. Mm-hmm. By the way, I remember when I went to the Chiefs, and uh, we went to the championship, and he said, look at this guy. What, what are you doing? What are you, you living good? I said, I'm living good. Anyway, to go back to back is hard to do. So I'll just say this. For us to get to the, the NFC Championship game, that's hard to do. Teams are gunning for us. You know how it is. They, they, everybody here in the Eagles, this Eagles, that, they're after us. Mm-hmm. So for us to go there to the game back to back, it's hard to do. I think it's guaranteed. We'll I respect there. it. I respect it. Shady, I'm going to raise your level of difficulty a little bit, I would say. I'm going to guarantee Lamar Jackson throws for 4,000 yards for the first time in his career. 
His previous high is only 3,100, so we're talking about a 25% increase. I'm guaranteeing that with the help of Zay Flowers, with the help of Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews is still there. Nelson Aguilar is actually a very good piece when he's that third or fourth piece. We saw that back in 2017 with the Eagles. With the help of those receivers and new offensive coordinator Todd Munkin out of Georgia, Todd Munkin was there when Odell had his last 1,000-yard season. I'm guaranteeing, and I'm most sure, that Lamar will throw for 4,000 yards for the first time. I like that. Ooh. I'm surprised. I'm, I got to go out here. You never really rock with Lamar as much as I thought. But now that he has this help, okay. now that he has this like help, it. I'm like with it. it. Joy, what are you most sure about this season? Okay. Well, I like that we're all going positive. Because if I wanted to be cheeky, I would say I guarantee that the 49ers will have multiple starting quarterbacks. <laughs> if I really wanted to put some money on something, I know that's going to happen. Or, that's a little shout-out to our Cowboys, producers. Or them Cowboys. They're going to have someone over there, well, too. Well, that, right. that was going to be mine. Right. Right. And we were allowed to go negative. Yeah, yes, but we're not going to go negative. We're going to focus on that. And for the 49ers, maybe that'll end up being a positive. Um, I'm going to say that the Dolphins are going to win a playoff game this year. First, oh. That would be the first time in a long time. You want to talk about how long? <laughs> I, can, I, I, I can definitely see that. I, I would agree, I would agree with that for sure. It's 2000. <laughs> no, I do. I think, I think two is going to be healthy. I think, oh, yes, we're showing this. We're showing the last. The last time. <laughs> last one. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, uh, Jason Taylor, there he goes. Yo, look at that uniform. Pretty good. Yeah, no pretty good. That's he was pretty good there. Jay Fiedler. Hi. Who the running yes. back? Who is the running uh, back? This is the game winning touchdown. That is Lamar Smith. Smith. Wow. Oh, look, oh, look at Jason. Wow. So happy. Yes. Guaranteed that the Dolphins would. Guarantee. That's actually a difficult one. More offense. One. It, is a, it is That's a difficult, a, like, that's a difficult one. one. I, would, I thought my Ravens one was tough, but for the Dolphins to win a playoff game. Two stays healthy in the postseason, it's a done deal. I can see that, though. I can see it for I sure. But what's crazy is in the AFC, they're, you're going to have to beat either the, the, the Chiefs in a playoff game, the, the, the Bills, the Ravens. Like, yeah. It's not going to be no cakewalks. Yeah. I like that. Hey, I didn't say AFC championship game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said mm-hmm. a playoff mm-hmm. I got the winner in one, at least one. Yeah, you I, got, I, got, I, got, I mean, one. I can see it. Got to win one. I can see that. I'm going to push the I'm going to push the envelope a little bit. And push I'm going to get back on the Aaron Rodgers oh. train. Okay. I'm saying oh, okay. that the New York Jets are going to win the AFC East. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And Aaron okay. Rodgers is going to be back in the conversation for MVP, for a potential fifth MVP. I am, I am believing that the motivation to prove the Green Bay Packers should have kissed his you-know-what to get him to stay, and with what the Jets have, and the Bills just feel like they were trying to get there and they couldn't get there, and now the Jets are going to be motivated. I'm not making any bets on what Aaron Rodgers does in the postseason, okay? <laughs> I'm not that crazy. But in terms of winning the division, I think they're primed to exactly, do exactly that. I will say, Aaron Rodgers, when he gets a little spice in him, when he's got that little petty he meter to chicken, he does, he does do that. And they are a very talented team. As we've heard. And I'm trying to think, <laughs> the Bills won the last couple of years. Yeah. You think it's possible for the Jets to be better than the Bills and the Dolphins? I think we got Bills fatigue. It's, it's going it's to be up there, though. They all, it's going to be competitive. Because we every every year we say, oh, yeah. the Bills gonna win. Oh, mm-hmm. the Bills gonna win. Yeah. We're not saying no more. It's like, oh, it's gonna be a competition. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. I like that. What's interesting, Joy, the reason I, I guess I have Bills fatigue, and I don't know if it's fatigue or reality, it's so hard to maintain excellence for as long as the Bills sure. have. Like the Bills have been really good for a really long time. I was thinking about it last week. Even the Seahawks in their heyday, they were really good for about four years. 
like three to four years. It's very hard to stay really good. The Denver Broncos, when Peyton Manning got there, I think they were really good for about four years, like really good, 2012 to 2015, 16. Mm -hmm. The Bills have been really good for a long time as it pertains to the NFL. Roster turns over 33% every year. Bills have been good for three years. 33% times three is 99%. Now, obviously, the roster hasn't completely turned over, but I'm saying that to say, like, they've lost some pieces. I I know that we're all going to jump off the Bills bandwagon. I am going to as well. But I'm telling you, this is one. It's a lurky little cloud because <laughs> while that might be true, yeah. it also we never know how these things are going to turn out. It might be the year that something crazy happens and they end up yeah. sh- taking off, right. and yeah. all that groundwork and foundation of being Pays right off. there Pays ends up off. paying off. That would be that would be great for the NFL. Exactly. Yeah. I hope it happens. Be great for the NFL. Well, what was almost great for NBA was history in the making, but the Celtics didn't do it. Miami Heat, Caleb Martin, J J J Jimmy Butler put his foot down. <laughs> Too many. Butler. J's. Too many Man. J's, but the J's on the Celtics. some new names he just learning now. Let's keep it real. That's some new names he just learning now. Celtics could not make history because the Heat had history to make. Only the second eight seed to make it to the NBA Finals first since 1999 when the Knicks did it. Well, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, completely disappointing for those two. Four conference championships for the duo, but they haven't won a title and have only been to one. Slick, here's my first thought. Mm. Thought about this this morning for a long time. You have to break up the duo of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. It's time to break it up for this reason. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are in this unofficial standoff for who's supposed to be the leader of the team. (laughs) And Jason Tatum is such a nice guy, and Jalen Brown is such a good player that it's not clear-cut to Jalen Brown, who is the best player on that team. Hmm. As a result, there's a constant tug of war for who should be best. I think of it most nearly as this, and this might be fascinating when y'all hear it. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. Both on the same squad, both drafted to the Supersonics, but nobody within those two, at least you couldn't tell Russell Westbrook who was the best player. What's even more fascinating, Mm. six years together, Mm. four conference championships, Mm. one NBA title, one NBA finals Mm. appearance, Mm. six years together, Brown and Tatum, four conference championships, one NBA finals Mm. appearance, no wins. When... Westbrook and Durant split up. They both were better off. Yep. Westbrook won a uh, regular season MVP. KD got him two titles. When Tatum and Brown split up, they will both be better off because Westbrook was close enough to Durant in talent that he believed he was better, thus he was never going to defer. Durant is not selfish enough to beg for the ball. I think Brown and Tatum are close enough in talent. First team All-NBA, second team All-NBA. You can't convince Brown that Tatum is better, thus he will not defer. You got to break up the duo in my mind. Slick, you watch a lot of ball. Where you at? I don't think you could come up with a better comparison for where it stands and where it could potentially go. Now, I don't think Jason Tatum is ever going to be Kevin Durant, but the dynamic of him being viewed as the top player, while Russell Westbrook at that time was the more aggressive one. Mm-hmm. It was, I'll defer to KD. Oh, you're not getting it done. Then, well, I'm going to go. Jalen Brown does the same thing with Jason Tatum. Okay, we're going through you, we're going through, oh, you're not carrying it? I'll go and get it. And as a result, neither one of them, the, the pieces just don't necessarily fit. And, and between the two, you don't have that ultimate leader of the team, as we found out with Kevin Durant down the line, right? He didn't win until he was with somebody who was going to organize everything. To me, that's ultimately what the Boston Celtics are missing. They have tremendous talent. 
but they don't have that floor leader that is going to organize it. And because you don't have it as your head coach and you don't have it on the floor in a role and you have these two all NBA players, one of them has to go. Because to me, it's not a matter of going and getting that third guy who organizes things. That's what Marcus Smart has been. It has to be one of your two best players that is fitting that role. And I would make the case, while most people are saying they're going to move Jalen Brown and see what they can get, I would go the other direction. I would rather have the guy who you have to pull back than the guy that you have to push to be the leader of your team. And I would think that I'd probably get more for Jason Tatum. And that's the move that I would make. Ooh. I think you got to break them up. I mean, these guys are waiting for some big paydays. Mm. So you look at this good team they have. I mean, well, if you look at this talented team that they have, you got to break it up because Jason Tatum is going to be due for, what, $300 million? Mm-hmm. And then Jalen Brown is going, what, $200 million? So yeah. the money coming, you, you got to break them up. I think you get some, some true value for both of these brothers. I mean, most people would say, oh, you can't get rid of you Jason send, Tatum. You want to move both of them? No, I'm, I'm saying either one, yeah. okay. if it's Jason or if it's Jalen. You know, most people would say, we're going to keep, let's keep Tatum yep. and let's get rid of Brown. Yep. But yep. however you want to cut it, you got to move these guys to get some different pieces because it's, it's obviously not working. I'm, I'm so conflicted because I hear all of you, and I also don't believe in doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, mm-hmm. which is why I, I think that there's a lot that needs fixed with Boston. I, I don't know if Missoula is the coach because, to Shady's point, They've had multiple coach yeah. coaches in this space, and you can certainly look at how this series ended and wonder why they didn't make, and I know he's, he doesn't like the adjustments conversation, but like we can all see that you, you have <laughs> right. not made the proper adjustments <clears throat> in, to win this game, that everyone feels they should have won because of talent or whatever else, and certainly you know, losing to an eight seed. But I don't know. I, I don't think of it as one solve. You have two extremely talented players in, in Brown and Tatum. But moving one of them, does that solve your leadership problem? Because yep. I think that's a massive problem. Yep. So if you bring in, if you move Jalen Brown, is the person that's going to come in, is, is that person going to think that they're <laughs> the best player on the team? Because that doesn't solve your issue. It may solve the leadership issue, but Jason Tatum is still coming into his own. He's still a young player. Maybe his personality won't fully change, but he might get to a point where, hey, this is my team, especially if you move Jalen Brown. That's so right. then you have conflict with the second person. I also think they need a, a, a true number three. They have all these pieces, but there's not really a a, 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 a certified third option for the Celtics in a team that that has a lot of depth. So I think that the coaching has to be reevaluated. If you are going to move, I think you have to be very intentional about who you move and who you bring in for that person. I could almost lean towards the Jalen Brown thing, but I feel like Jason Tatum is too much the face of this organization to move him. So I I don't see it as like a swap solve. They have a lot of holes that they need to fill, and they need to restructure everything. You could could kind of bring in somebody that you just described. Right. A solid player, know his role. And then the best part, when you trade or when you're trying to get somebody in free agency, you have these conversations. So Talk me, to the agent. I, I want to get your, I want to bring your guy, but listen, J- Jason Tatum's his team, et cetera. Team. We need somebody that has some more heart. We need somebody that's going to be that leader. And you can kind of ask for that. So yeah. I think that's... And, and if you were to keep Jason, you would you would probably consult him to see that this is a, a relationship right? that he yeah. already yeah, has, sure. particularly if it's going to be somebody who's going to step into that vocal leadership role and allow him to be the face. So let me throw this out there. Chris Paul. Now, obviously we have the injury issues, right? Mm -hmm. But in terms of a guy who would organize it and would have a certain respect and you feel like could do 
could control the tempo of the team and how they play. Would, if you added him, would you look at it and say, okay, we can still make that combo work? Here's my issue. Mm. I'm more of the lines of your earlier thought, Slick, and Joy's thought as well. Shady mentioned this to some degree. I don't want to add another leader. I want to make Jason Tatum become the leader. Mm. I think about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler came into his own in Miami when he was the undisputed best player on his team. Mm -hmm. Drafted to the Chicago Bulls, but Derrick Rose's hometown kid was there, coming off an MVP season over LeBron James. Traded to the Timberwolves, but Cat, first-round pick, one overall, was there on the heels of his All-NBA and All-Star appearance. Go to the Sixers. We're four years into the process. We're Embiid, top pick, first round, was already there. Then you go to the Heat. Coverage Bear, who's the best player there? Bam Adebayo? So Jimmy Butler came into his own when he looked around and said, I am significantly better than everybody else. But I think that Jason Tatum, much like Russell Westbrook, will come into his own when he looks around and he's like, oh, I'm better than everybody else. Now it is officially my team. And and that's a good point. But then, like, everybody's different. Some some people just can't are not born leaders. True. Mm. We love to say about Kevin Durant, right? There's no way I like him in playing basketball. He goes to the Warriors, despite what anybody says. He was the best player there, yeah. right? But he wasn't the leader there. Yep. To the degree Steph was, but the main, I feel like the main leader was Draymond, Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think it's like you just got to find the right fit, the right fit. And I, I think for your case, Jimmy Butler, his personality was so strong, he'd been like that leader. Mm-hmm. But certain places, it didn't work out. Yeah. Compared to going to... Also, let's... Jason Tatum is not, not considered the face or, or not the best player because he hasn't been anointed that. It's because he hasn't played that mu- that far off from Jalen Brown. Like, right. and Jalen Brown has outplayed him in spaces. Yeah. So it's not like like he's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's the face. It's his team. We we call it a tandem, but we know it really leans toward Jason Tatum. So he's already been in the he's in the space where everybody and they seem quite conservative too. Everybody speaks about him as if he is that guy, yeah. but the play has overshadowed. My him. thing is, though, we all get it, and we all knew Kevin Durant was better than Russ. The most important thing is the second person has to get it. When LeBron joined D. Wade and you speak to that. I see these two as an ego. Like, they're almost not egotistical to a fault. Yeah. Like, like, Mm. I wouldn't even mind if if, if Jalen was a little more like that. Like, like, then then be that and let Jason do his thing. Here's my issue. They're like the same, though, right? Like, more just. First quarter last night. Okay. Jason Tatum had one shot. Jalen Brown had 10. Mm -hmm. That, to me, tells me, Jalen Brown, you don't really know to defer, even though we all know there was but, the ankle. To, to me, also, I feel like that was that's coaching. Like that's coaching. Yeah. That's not having a true leader, like somebody who can settle everyone down. Yeah. Hey, Jason rolled his ankle. We gotta take a beat. This is how we're gonna move. This is the adjustment we're gonna make. Like it does. It never felt like there was. There's that person yeah. in the room, even through, throughout the the even them getting into a 3 right. hole to begin with. There was nobody that could stop the bleeding with this team. And I don't know how you solve that just with the swap. Yeah, we're really all saying they need to get a leader. Different ways to yeah, get up the mountain top, yeah. but that's somehow. Manufacture somehow, some way, or go get one. Bingo, 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 bingo. Well, the Denver Broncos have their leader in Russell Wilson, Woo! but they also have their leader in new head coach Sean Payton. Given that Payton is there, is Russell Wilson's legacy on the line? What is at stake for the potentially first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback? Next on to wow. <coughs> It is interesting, Slick, because in theory, 
All right, y'all, let's get back to football. Russell Wilson's season in Denver didn't go at all as planned. It was actually atrocious, and I'm being kind. Former teammate linebacker K.J. Wright said the move from Seattle could, quote, potentially go down as the biggest trade heist in NFL history. Adding Russ's legacy is on the line. Again, for context, in that heist, if you will, Seahawks drafted Abraham at right tackle, Cross at left tackle, Kenneth Walker at running back, Tariq Woolen at uh, DB. Like, they got a lot of starters, including, I believe, Noah Fant as well at tight end in that trade. Mm -hmm. So they got about five starters for the price of Russell Wilson. So it is right now, as it stands, a large trade heist. Shady, Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. What's at stake for Russ this season? Hey, wait, real quick. You see the video of the the D-lineman? Russell seems so, like, uncomfortable and awkward. Like, like, (laughs) take it easy. (laughs) Um, I I think right now it's more of his, uh, look, check him out. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey, don't forget, over 200 million dollars. Hold on, take it easy. Um, I think it's more of just uh, his legacy is on the line mm. because there's no way that Russell Wilson could be that bad, mm-hmm. right? I just I gotta give some of that blame to just a, a new scenery, a new blame, a blame to a new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. It, it, it being his first rodeo. I mean, now you have Sean Payton. There's no excuses. You have a solid team on offense, solid team on defense. The first thing Sean Payton wanted to do when he got there, what did he do? He addressed the offensive line. Yep. Brought some more pieces in for the, the block for, for Russ. And I've watched Sean Payton win games with anybody at quarterback. Yeah. Mm. Right? I, I witnessed it. I've seen mm. it. So my thing is, Joy, it can't be that bad. Mm. It can't be that bad. So the biggest thing for me is it's, it's, it's Russ's legacy. I, I don't believe it's – I don't want to believe it's that bad. Not another former teammate talking about Russ. So yeah. I, I don't I don't want to believe that it's that bad. And I think Ooh, KJ. Not another one. <laughs> we don't want to believe that Russ is that bad. Yeah. I don't think he is that bad. But that's why I think everything is on the line. Because we know Sean Payton's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not yeah. sure if Russ can play outside of the Seahawks and outside of Pete Carroll and mm. have success. We know Pete Carroll can have some success without Russell Wilson. He did okay last year. We thought they were tanking. We know Sean Payton can make anybody into a competent quarterback. So Sean's coming in as the whale with the reputation still intact. So if things go badly, he's not going to be the one who gets blamed. True. So I think everything is on the line for Russ this year. I think it's a great take because I do think that if this doesn't go well, we're not going to look at Sean Payton because of his track record, right? right. And we're going to actually look at it and go, well, if Sean Payton couldn't make this better with, with Russell Wilson, then, then who can? The short term for me is his future as a Bronco. Mm-hmm. I think it's this year. And you got a new GM. you got a new head coach. New if this doesn't work, they're, mo- they're, they're going to get off of this quick. Excuse me, Russell. Excuse exactly. Me. <laughs> and go in a new direction. Now, I believe that what the other part is, to Joy's point, is – we're going to revisit the Super Bowl that he won and what he did in Seattle. And we give him a ton of credit. And I think some of that credit is going to go to the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch. We're going to look and go, maybe Russell wasn't that. Maybe he was the beneficiary of everything else there because we haven't seen it outside of that system. And we really haven't seen it since that defense fell off a little bit and Marshawn Lynch uh, went off to do commercials. So that's where I believe short term it's it's he may be looking for a new team Uh, long term. 
we may recalibrate exactly what we think of Russell Wilson. That's a good point. I think right now Russell Wilson's future as a starter completely on the line. I think Russell Wilson this season is very much so to be viewed as Carson Wentz when he went to the Colts, not to be confused with Carson when he went to Washington. Mm. When Carson went to the Colts, we were like, Man, Car- Carson can't be that bad. Right. I mean, remember, 2019, Carson had was the only quarterback in I the history that. of the NFL with 4,000 yards and no 500-yard wide receivers. Yeah. So we were like, nah, when Carson went to the – it, it got to be Doug, maybe Howie and Lurie, maybe Jalen behind him threw him off a little mm-hmm. bit. Surely he can't mm-hmm. be that bad. Mm-hmm. Went to the Colts, and again, he actually wasn't that bad, but you lost to the Jags in a must-win game. So then he went on his last leg to Washington, and unfortunately, my friend Carson Wentz is currently unemployed. Just – Three years removed from a 4,000-yard, no 500-yard wide receiver season. It happens fast in the National Football League. So that's where I think Russ is right now. Now, to slick to your point to encapsulate this whole combo, people will try to take away what Russ did in Seattle. I don't think you can. No, you you can't. I don't think you can. But what's fascinatingly enough, K.J. Wright, linebacker, beast for the Seahawks, he's had words. Bobby Wagner, beast for the Seahawks, he's had words. Russell Wilson. Um, Richard, Richard Sherman, Sherman, beast for the Seahawks. Mm. He's had words. Marshawn Lynch said he has to go through Russell Wilson's publicist just to get to Russell Wilson. So the only thing that can put the fire out on narratives is for people to come to your defense. But nobody has come to Russell Wilson's defense that are his former teammates. Not at least that loud. So I mean, though his, I don't his agree, teammates did this year. His but Broncos teammates, his Broncos. not his Seahawks yeah, teammates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I said, yeah. not, not a I mean, but, one. But, but, I, I, but I, I'm, that's why I think it's so important. Like, all it takes is for him to go out and play well this year. We're going to forget yep. all about it. Yep, yep, yep. No, maybe not all about it. But, like, it we will, will, though, it will for heal. Sure. We, and, and because we already, like, we watched these games together, and we were in shock. Like, other than us, you know, spending some quality time together, we're not getting that time back. Like, right. it, was, it was unbearable. <laughs> hey, look, so it, it, but, but, hold on, let's get this straight, though. If he, I say he doesn't play well this year, all right, we're not going to look back at his championships and say, oh, he had no part of it. I won't. Nobody will, though. It'll be part of his resume. I'm not saying a part of it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going that far. Okay. But I feel like coming out of Seattle and going to Denver, it was he's a Super Bowl quarterback. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And we didn't give enough weight to that defense right. or more Sean Lynch. Yeah. Well, coming up, the NBA Finals, they are finally here. Heat, Nuggets. Nuggets, their first time Uh-oh. in the title ever. We got to give you our early preview. You need to know what to watch, Uh-oh. who to bet on, who's going to win, all of it when we return on Speed. Here we go. Here we go. Specific to Jokic, what do you think the key will be to slowing him down in this series? I don't know. Um, I got two days to figure that out. We have two days to figure that out um, before game one. Oh, my God. Y'all saw that? <laughs> Goddamn Bumblebee. That happened to me. That happened to me at the Super Bowl, remember? Uh, was it big? <laughs> you don't remember that? No, I remember that. The oh, bee flew bro. up into, uh, on set, and it flew, like, it was about to fly, uh, like, up my dress almost, so it was it was. You don't start freaking out. You don't... <laughs> oh, man, I don't lie. I've been meeting a, a little mice, right, or mouse. I was like, oh! I just threw on the table. Nah, we don't do mice. Real talk. Where were you? If he could get out of what, here. What? Mice, we got problems. Where were you at with mice, bro? Yeah, where were you doing that? I was somewhere I shouldn't have been. Then we'll break down the finals tomorrow. (laughs) Yo, race up is next. Appreciate y'all. Our predictions. (laughs) Yeah, we got Dave. Too late. Uh